Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, what does it mean to go beyond business, Martha? Are we talking about socialism? No way. We're talking about the real reason behind enterprise, the biblical reason businesses exist. There are so many. We're going to focus the conversation today on redefining ministry so that we recognize the marketplace as a huge mission field in order to change the world. Lonnie Ginger is the CEO of Wilkinson Corporation, and he's got a passion for excellence in business and ministry, and he wrote a phenomenal book called Beyond Business. How Your Company Can Build a Better World. Lonnie hails to us from Washington State. Lonnie Ginger, welcome to I Work For Him. How did you become a follower of Jesus? Well, I was actually raised as a preacher's kid where Christianity and the church was an integral part of my life. Uh, Mm -hmm. My early years, my experience with God was probably more cultural and about what my family did and following the religion I was raised in. But... Later in my teen years, I started to sort through all the cultural and religious elements and really start to enjoy this amazing personal direct relationship with God. And I would say these days, my my passion is about following Jesus as a transformational leader, really following Jesus as a practical, everyday matter. He's my friend and my guide in life and my life CEO, my leader in business. So I, w- I was actually raised, you know, in this preacher's kid environment where I had this profound belief that God had a plan for me to impact the world for his cause and that the church was the best way or maybe even the only way to do that. So I took theology and after a short time pastoring um, a church where, of course, everybody who was going there was pretty well already convinced, I, I became convinced that my my real purpose was connecting with people who wouldn't normally walk into a church. But the the challenge was I, I didn't even know how to talk to people who didn't go to church because that's, mm-hmm. that's all I knew, you know. <laughs> um, I was raised going to church, you know, all, all the time and knew a lot of great uh, church people, but I didn't know how to even relate to people who didn't go to church. So I figured I needed to spend a bit more time outside the church world just to understand how to connect with the world. But the challenge was I... I couldn't even get a job because, well, with a theological education, it's a little hard to get most other jobs. <laughs> so I didn't have a choice but to start a business, and uh, 35 years ago, I just fell in love with the process of building businesses and leaders and teams that make a positive impact on the world for God. And uh, these days, that's my passion, and I experience God in profound ways every day just through how I do business and the interactions he has with me in business. And as I'm talking to people and saying, what do you want me to say to this person? What do you want to speak into this situation? Uh, That's how I experience God the most, really, these days. 
Mm. That's my story in short. That is so powerful. You know, very rarely do we hear someone who was in the pulpit and changed to an out-of-the-pulpit workplace experience. Um, you know, we are always fighting that tide the other direction. Like it's an out-of-body Out-of-body, out-of-pulpit <laughs> experience. You know? No, but so often, Lonnie, we run into the opposite, don't we, Jim, where somebody says, I'm going to leave business and go preach in the, from the pulpit because I feel like that's the only way I can reach people people where you you have got God's idea that I mean we need preachers we need people to be teaching us but you realize that shoulder to shoulder every day in your work environment um, God had a big plan for you yes and you know honestly it wasn't an easy journey for me and we might talk about this later but I felt guilty for a lot of years for leaving my highest calling and this, <laughs> this internal angst that somehow I wasn't doing the most I could do for God. And it's really just been more and more in recent years that uh, God's helped me sort through that where I now feel like I am in my highest calling, for me anyway. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about that because, you know, this is an issue we deal with across the country. As we travel across the country, Lonnie, we hear from people all the time like, I just want to quit my job. In fact, I just wrote two blogs about it today. I want to quit my job so I can go into ministry. I want to quit my job so I can go be a pastor. You, why did you feel guilty? And what's this thing, highest calling? Is there such a thing as as callings that are superior to other people's callings? I mean, is there a ranking system in the kingdom when it comes to callings? <laughs> well, I, I don't think there is these days, but I certainly felt that way um, early in my life where, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, my prevailing paradigm over the years was that the world of building businesses to create happy customers and the world of building church to create happy followers of Jesus were very separate and distinct. <laughs> and of course, I, I tried to take my faith into the work world and I, tried to take some basic business savvy into the church world, but it seemed quite normal for church and business to be very different spheres, and it wasn't really until I entered this, uh, what I call the second half of my life, and started mm-hmm. focusing more on, on meaning, that I, I started ex- experiencing more of that, that angst, like, you know, if I was really living out this, this higher purpose, I'd be doing more in the church. And, you know, we, we actually, 20 years ago, started a, a ministry called Ministry Advantage uh, that coaches pastors around the country and around the world on leadership skills. So I've done a fair amount in the church world, so I was thinking, ah, I should do more with that. Because um, when, when I was in the business world, I felt I should be focusing more on the church world to do things that, quotes really counted for my life mission and legacy. Mm. Uh, but, and when I was in the church world, though, I, I had this similar, you know, gnawing angst that I, I needed to do something in the business world that could effectively change society in ways the church world didn't seem to be doing. So So really, the enemy had an awesome time messing with your head for decades. uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It was for decades, and it was really just a few years ago that I I felt convicted to write a book on this subject, and it wasn't because I had any ambition to be a published author at all. Mm -hmm. I just simply felt like I needed the discipline of slowing down to to think about what, if any, connection there was supposed to be between these two worlds that could potentially make me and maybe others more effective at building God's kingdom. So that's how this whole book journey started for me. Have you gotten past the guilt and been able to talk to other people about the guilt and and the lie behind the, you know, well, if you really want to make it back to the kingdom, you got to work within a four walls church you got to be a pastor or a missionary have you have, have you been able to defend that lie out there in the marketplace 
Yes, I'm definitely way past that now. I mean, I think for me, part of it was realizing, you know, that this this bifurcation of um, the good things the conventional church does for for society from the good things business does for society, that came from this this thing I now call the dualism disaster, which I'm sure you've had people talk about on your show before, the the idea that business is secular and worldly, while religion is somehow spiritually spiritual and godly. Mm-hmm. Um, that, huh. You know, that, that's not the biblical paradigm. It's not the paradigm Jesus had. It's not the even the Jewish paradigm. That, that paradigm is that you oh, know I... that Jesus would have grown up in is very different. So, talk about is is was business God's idea? <laughs> oh man, you're going to get me started, aren't you? I am. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So. Uh, this is this is a big passion of mine, uh, especially these days. And I, I would say that the idea of God using business or the marketplace, to put it more broadly, as really a primary platform for transforming society and bringing His kingdom to this earth is not at all a new concept. It's had a long and successful history, but it's often overlooked. Um, that's what drives me crazy these days, the more I realize this. So, mm-hmm. first of all, business was clearly the platform Jesus used for his ministry on this earth. The marketplace was the springboard for the growth of the early church, and Jesus and his first followers didn't see working in ministry and working in business as two separate things. To them, it was one and the same. And then I think about the fact that God could have chosen to have Jesus born into any family on earth. In fact, his, his cousin John, John the Baptist, who also became a very famous religious figure in history, obviously, he was born into a very religious priest family, and that seems like it would be appropriate, the, the kind of family that God would choose for his son Jesus to be raised in on earth, too. It would make sense that Jesus would be raised in a religious priestly kind of family and would discuss priestly things every night with his dad, right? <laughs> but no. <laughs> uh, when, when God decided it was time to show up on this earth with, I, you got to believe, was his ultimate demonstration of, of what he's like, when God decided to penetrate the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light, God chose to show up as a business leader, I mean, Jesus was literally even born in a place of business. There was, as you know the story, there's no mm-hmm. room in local motels, so he was born in a stable, which was the equivalent of a garage or service station where the common vehicles of transportation... <laughs> I thought it was a great, way, that's a great it's way a, to look at it. I thought it was an Airbnb. You thought about that? It's like an Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. Guy had that's an extra where, that's room. Where donkeys so- were refueled and repaired, right? That's right. hilarious. So, so Jesus was born in a business. He was born into the family of a business owner, not a religious leader or a political leader. His, as, as we all know now, his father, Joseph, he owned a regional construction company. As near as we can tell from historical and biblical evidence, it appears that Jesus' father probably died when Jesus was an early teen. So as the oldest child in the family, Jesus would have taken over as CEO of the family business. And we don't know exactly how large Jesus' business was, of course, but we do know that at a minimum, it created enough profit to provide for at least the eight people in his family, and I don't know, probably some relatives and widows and orphans too, knowing the character of Jesus, right? So here's what gets me. The grandest strategy that God could think of to establish his kingdom on this earth was to come to this earth as a business person. Think about that. And, and by the way, I, I, you know, some people say, well, you know, maybe that was new with the New Testament, but 
the concept of using business and entrepreneurs as the core of God's strategy to change the world started way before Jesus showed up on this earth. Uh, like the Old Testament talks about how God chose the nation of Israel to develop a model that would show the world what it looked like when society established a culture under the leadership of God, right? So God started this whole nation transformation strategy with the nation of Israel with three great leaders who were to become the, the fathers of the first of many nations that would follow God's plans. Those leaders were... Of course, Abraham, his son Isaac, and Isaac's son Jacob. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were three generations of prolific entrepreneurs. Right. Um, most people, for some reason, when they think about the key characters in this, this Old Testament story, they bring up images of rabbis and prophets and kings. But the reality is, when God launched that strategy to transform a, a, and create a model nation under his rule and reign, he chose to build it under the leadership of three generations of Jewish business leaders. Okay, so Jesus was born into an entrepreneurial family, had to take over the family business as the eldest son, probably in his teen years. So he was a, he was a business guy, a business guy. Okay, and you're saying that the forefathers of the Christian faith and the Jewish faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were business guys. So did you learn that stuff in seminary when you went to seminary? <laughs> oh, I wish. No, well, what, what, what do you mean? I mean, they teach you the Bible in in, in seminary, right? They do teach the Bible, <laughs> uh, but it is through the lens of uh, historic Christianity, which is largely focused on the yeah. conventional church paradigm, where church is about what happens in and through the programs of the local church. And okay, I, wait, wait, I, wait, 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 through the lens of conventional Christianity. It, it, <laughs> Well, wait a minute. So you're saying the Old Testament, though, was, I mean, the Jewish documents that we have part of our, our Bible, the Old Testament, was about these three business guys that launched a nation by the power of God. And you're saying in seminary, they didn't teach you about the business side, they taught you about the religious side? <laughs> yeah, pretty much so. Okay. All right. So so we have an issue, don't we? I mean, I know I'm baiting you, and you could tell I just get infuriated about this. Because, Alani, you said, I, I don't care, how, how old were you when you realized that all of this was a lie and that, you, that, that we needed to fix this, we needed to shift this paradigm within the body of Christ? How old were you? I mean, it was really in my 40s and 50s that it started to dawn mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. And, and honestly, it's only been in the last six or seven years, so in my late 40s, that I can, like, wait a minute. Jesus was a business guy. How many sermons have you ever heard preached about that? And then, but business, was it God's idea was really where we got down this, this rabbit hole? Yes, business was God's idea. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the forefathers of Christianity and Judaism today, were business guys. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, definitely our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at iworkforhim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at iworkforhim.com or follow us on social media at iworkforhim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at iWorkForHim and online, iWorkForHim.com.